0: The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.
1: You can not only learn from your mistakes, you can celebrate them. They define who you are and serve as a learning tool to become your most beautiful self ever. Welcome to Beyond Religion, Your Life is Waiting, with your host, Jim Stacy. Jim is the author of 11 books and is here to help you experience the power of the divine deep within yourself. It's inside you. You just have to know where and how to look for it. Now, here is Jim Stacy.
2: Welcome to Beyond Religion, Your Life is Waiting, I am Jim Stacy, your host. I just want to let you know, first of all, that you can find me anytime at one of three different places. My website, which is www.thedivineiswithinus.com. On Facebook, the same five words, The Divine is Within Us. On email, same five words, The Divine is Within Us at gmail.com. Today's topic is Who is Jim Stacy? And while I don't usually like to talk about myself, I know it's important for you to have some background about me and what qualifies me to do this show and talk about the kind of things that we'll be talking about. So let's get started. It all began for me on that hot summer day in 1942 in a small hospital in the flatlands of Illinois. Or should I say, my story continued as I was given birth into this lifetime. For you see, this lifetime is not my first. Far from it. But in that hospital on that day, the doctor was heard to frantically shout, The baby's breech! We could lose them both. Amidst all the heightened concern of the staff and the doctor, they worked feverishly to save my mother and me. To be in the breech scenario back in those days was to be in a very grave circumstance. Death was as imminent as was life. Then with not one second to spare, the doctor put my mother under anesthesia and worked as quickly as possible to and tried to turn me around. Time was supremely important. Reaching inside to push a baby back up into the womb and turn it around head first would never be a doctor's wish ever. But using all the skills he knew, still fearing for the lives of both the mother and the baby, Then, with no small sigh of relief, he shouted, It's a boy, and they're both going to live. And while I have no memories, really, of life before the five years of age, uh, the period in my life, I do still remember the day when sitting in the living room of that very small farmhouse, when I suddenly became aware that I, Jimmy, was alive as an individual, a separate person from all others, I wasn't quite sure what to do with that realization, but I knew that I wasn't part of anyone else, and it was just me here on the planet, alone. Alone and a family of four, yes, very alone and very afraid. Because there in that small farm and those flat uh, lands of the Corn Belt of Illinois, my boyhood was to prove to be quite painful, so painful that it made me wonder later in life if that breech baby knew that it had chosen a difficult journey this time and didn't want to be born. Later as one of three siblings and the only boy, I spent much of my time playing alone, doing the chores assigned to me, creating own adventures, amidst the sexual abuse from my mother and the horrific belt buckle beatings from my father. It would take me many years to one day understand why all this was happening to me. I was just a small boy. Why? The wounding of my body and soul was beyond what any child should have to suffer, but it happened over and over, and there was nothing I could do. My hope for healing was going to have to wait. That little boy was trapped. He had no place to go, no one to talk to no one to understand his plight, and no way to escape it all. Somehow, he had managed to get lost in his creative play, with his toy farm, his war wagons, as he called them, and that wonderful swing hanging from the huge tree in the front yard. And, while he was able to find distractions from the pain at times... Other times he languished in the physical and emotional pain and the scars left on his body that just would never seem to be erased. The scars on his soul, however, would one day be healed. He just didn't know how many decades were to pass before that could be his experience. But I'll tell you all of this not to focus on my past, but rather to share with you the beauty of the healing that has brought me to today, and the message that I'm here on Voice America Talk Radio to share with you. There is hope. There is delight. There is a deeper purpose for you to know today than you've ever yet known. I found it for myself, and so can you. And that's what all my radio shows ahead are going to be about, finding our, your most beautiful self and living in that tremendous energy of knowing who you are and dancing into the delight of just who you know yourself to be. Many decades have passed since those farm days and my journey, though long and difficult, has brought me to this day and the brightest future I've ever known. In the days ahead, I'll be sharing with you the power of human healing, the adventures of choosing your own path. I do not regret the pain, the lessons learned, nor the mistakes that I've made along the way. Every mistake is to be celebrated. Every event in life is a potential choice that takes us to the realization and the claiming of our most beautiful self. The greatest regret that dying people express is that they wish they had lived the life they really wanted to live instead of the life others pressured them to live. It was to take me a lot longer to find the healing I needed because I was looking in the wrong place. I was looking in the church. They promised everything, but they delivered on nothing. There is no healing in theology and dogma, none whatsoever. Beliefs simply cannot heal anyone. They only blind us to reality. They keep us in a very small place that encourages slavery to the structures of religion rather than the freedom to be who we choose. They try to tell us who we are. And then, with their message of sin and guilt and shame and fear, instead of telling us what Jesus or Yeshua, as you'll be hearing me say, is his Aramaic name, instead of what he really said about the divine that is within us. But that was all I knew as a child who was taken to church every Sunday and more. I could see at a very early age the hypocrisy that was all around me. Parents who pretended to be good Christians on Sunday were anything but that in their treatment of me, and I knew it. But since all their friends and the relatives around me were all part of the church, I didn't dare speak about what I knew as a seven-year-old kid. That would have to wait. So by the time Jimmy reached his teenage years, he had no choice but to believe that he was his own worst problem and that he was bad. That was the message of dogma drilled into him constantly by the preachers and their message of sin and hell. He was told that everything he did was bad. Even the very best he could do was still bad because that's what their Bible said. And they seemed to love telling others that they are sinful and should be very afraid of the consequences. Even though my Parents attended, uh, and the churches they attended had the same message. Their Bible was stamped with gold letters, the Holy Bible. What was I to do but to try to conform? From the earliest days in an Amish Mennonite church to a small country Bible church and later to a bigger Bible church in a larger town, I wondered over and over just why I was so bad when I knew that I also wanted to be good. The truth is that Jimmy (coughs) was a good kid. He was so smart that his first-grade teacher wanted to promote him to the third grade and skip second grade altogether. He was already doing third-grade work in first grade. He was capable of doing the advanced work of those much older, and he could read what his older sister was reading in fourth grade. His teacher said he was the smartest kid she'd ever seen and was creative beyond his years. And experiencing all of that certainly helped little Jimmy. He needed that, for the road ahead was not going to get any better. There were some events during those years of difficulty that somehow reinforced his self-worth in ways that helped him not to give up. Spending long hours and days fishing along a magical country stream, Jim caught all kinds of fish, turtles, snakes, and much more. Nature was to be the most healing part of his young life. He survived. When his family moved from the farm to a small town nearby, he began earning his own money by mowing lawns all over town. The farm had taught him the value of hard work, so he was ready for his own small business at the age of 12. He was known as the best kid in town as far as his work was concerned. Though he was smaller in stature, he was the fastest kid in his school. No one could catch him. He won track and field events, became the starting quarterback for his high school football team. Yet, he was still living in fear and shame deep inside. That would yet remain until some future events unfolded. Then, in his junior year in high school, a possible career in commercial printing opened for him. As he became an apprentice at the local newspaper, He learned to run the most complicated machines that they had, and he proved to be an asset to the owners. After working there after school and on Saturdays, for the rest of his high school years, he continued to work there for three years after graduating. At that point, Jim was influenced by the youth pastor of his church to consider going to a theological school in Chicago, That young man was the most honest Christian that Jim had ever known. He was real. He was fun to be around and a man of integrity. But deep in Jim's soul, he was struggling with whether or not that church God was always angry with him or not. And though he couldn't admit it to himself at the time, deep inside he thought that maybe somehow that God would love him more if he went to study at a theological school. So, Off he went, at the age of 21, to begin what was later to prove to be the key to one day finding his deepest purpose in life. No, no, it wasn't what he thought then. It wasn't anything to do with that school. And yet, the adventure, the adventure that was to include more abuse at the hands of ministers and others, Jim had much to learn. After graduating with honors through a series of events, Jim was invited to become a youth minister at a church not far from Chicago. Upon arriving at that church, Jim could only find less than a dozen kids who were coming to the church regularly. What a challenge this would be, he thought. So he went to work, talking to teens, planning events and outings, developing a program where they would want to attend and be part of the church. And in all of that, he did gain their trust. And at the day when he was ordained as a Christian minister, that night of the ordination, over 70 teens stood up. His success to all was obvious. Having decided to actually become a minister, surely, he thought, God will like me more if I become a spiritual leader. But right now, we're going to have to take time for a break, and I'll continue my story in just a few minutes, but we'll go on to more adventures in my life and what I had to learn and things I had to do to become where I am today. I'll catch you on the other side of three minutes. ¶¶
0: This is the 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network.
1: Jim Stacy is the author of 11 books, including his first title, Jesus Was Not a Christian, Healing the Shame and Fear from Man-Made Theology. That book is available on Amazon. The other 10 books, which are titled A Healing Spiritual Journey, are available as downloads on thedivineiswithinus.com. When you visit that site, you may also download his CDs and articles. And you can also find out more about where Jim will be speaking, spiritual retreats, and vision quests. Visit www.thedivineiswithinus.com today. Jim Stacy's first book, Jesus Was Not a Christian, is available on Amazon.com. Discover what the Church has been hiding for over 1,700 years. Find out why people carry the wounds of guilt and shame instead of the power of loving and being loved. Discover that you are part of the divine. Learn about the kingdom of heaven within you and find out why history has been twisted by those who slaughtered tens of thousands of innocent people. See why the real Jesus never said the words hell or sin. Jesus Was Not a Christian, available right now on Amazon.com.
0: The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change.
1: You are listening to Beyond Religion, Your Life is Waiting, if you have a question or comment about our program, please send an email to the divine is within us at gmail.com. Again, that's the divine is within us at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Here again is Jim Stacy.
2: thank you. Welcome back. I'll backtrack just a sentence or two and uh, get uh, on with the story. But when I was at the church where the teenagers were, so uh, disenchanted and and really not very happy, I was really delighted to work with them to try to understand where they were and support them in their personal struggles. And I think, as I said at the at the time when I was nearing the end of my time there, the night that I was ordained, there were over seventy t- teenagers that stood up uh, to support me. That was in a major time in my life, and I couldn't really believe that I had done that because I still had a lot deep inside to heal. But having to decided to become an actual minister, surely I thought God will like me more if I become a spiritual leader. Not, it didn't happen. Another dream was about to be crushed as he became a young pastor who hoped to bring a positive message to the people. Secretly awaiting him in that little church was one of the nastiest old men he'd ever known. <laughs> Jim was only 29 and Jim was no match for that much older man of the church who thought that they were in control. He was no match for them, uh, or so they thought. (laughs) All hell broke loose when they demanded that he preach what they wanted instead of what Jim knew was what Jesus taught about loving others. They did not want to hear that. They did not want to know anything but what they wanted Jim to say. But he resisted. He challenged the older men with the truth that he knew. They recoiled, and they attacked. The battle ensued. And while Jim kept his calm demeanor before them, secretly he cried. He experienced great pain and remorse once again deep inside of his soul. How could this be, he wondered. All of his old stories of his badness resurfaced for him. Would that old pain never go away? What was he to do? Yet with the help and the wise counsel of an older man that Jim knew, who was himself a minister and known by Jim to be a genuine and loving person, Jim was able to keep on doing what he knew was right. Every fiber of his being was now being tested as an adult. And just as he discovered earlier in life, there was absolutely no healing to be found in the dogma and theology of the church. Jim's oldest pain, his lack of being able to see the truth about his own identity, would yet take a few years for it to be healed. But then one day, all the troublemakers in the church were removed The nastiest one of all was that the man who openly accused Jim of being a false teacher, had a heart attack right there in church one Sunday morning and died in front of all the people who were there. Talk about a wake-up call. And with that, some of the diehards who had looked to that man as a leader left the church. Another man also had had attacked Jim, had a heart attack himself, and he had to leave the state Then, with the troublemakers gone, that little church began to grow. And five years later, speaking to a standing room only crowds almost every Sunday, Jim was still not satisfied that he had found what he was looking for deep inside of himself. There had to be more, he thought. He knew that it was somewhere other than there that he would find it. So at the age of 36, he surprised the whole church by unexpectedly one Sunday morning, reading them his resignation letter. He left. But with his family of two young children, eight and 10 years of age, Jim knew he had no place to go. Yet two years later, they moved into their own new house that Jim and his friends had built. It was a miracle in the midst of more pain. He had become the leader of a small group of people that was part of a larger statewide group of local communities. And what had held some hope for Jim at the beginning was to prove to hold just more devastating uh, experiences for him. One day, he was informed that he was being kicked out of his role. And while the charges were false and Jim was paid several thousand dollars to agree to not take the accuser to court, The pain was so intense, it was almost more than Jim could bear. Once more, Jim's refusal to conform to what he knew was not right got him into difficulty. In those groups, men dominated women far more than was evident at first. Jim knew that women must be honored as equals with men. The man who kicked him out did not like Jim's voice because it was threatening to his control. But that crushing blow was the last straw for Jim He was wounded beyond all wounds. So in his deep anguish, he threw out the baby with the bathwater. And as he threw out all that he had ever thought was true, he left the church and he left Christianity for good. He would never return. And to this day he has not and will not because he's finally found the healing that he has sought for so long. That healing That message that he's learned to live openly is much of what he's going to be sharing with you, my listeners, right here on this show. Beyond religion, your life is waiting. You see, I've learned this by experience. Jim later realized his decision to throw everything out was to take him into a time of learning, relearning, examining, reexamining, and trying to make sense of life. He was now 42 years old. What is the truth, he wondered over and over. Yet in this period of time, awaited the most beautiful gift of his lifetime. He just didn't know that quite yet. He couldn't see it then, but soon he would. That gift was to be the answer to all that he'd suffered. All the pain, all the grief, all the shame, and all the heartbreak of his life would yet be healed, but not quite yet. In the aftermath of all those experiences, Jim began his own business. He had loved playing with wood there as a kid on that farm. He made little boats out of wood and floated them on the horse tank. Those years of creativity were to prove to be very important. It seemed that working with wood and playing with wood was an inherent part of his life, and now suddenly Jim found himself repairing furniture and restoring antiques as a personal business. He had a family to support. He was going to make sure that his children, now teenagers, would be cared for and loved by their dad. Working with wood, repairing and restoring it was to be really a therapy for Jim that he hadn't seen quite yet. He became very successful in business as one of the largest universities in the country became his biggest customer for the next 30 years. He not only survived, he thrived as never before. He was later to have his own television show on public television, the PBS network, all across the United States and Canada. And as good as that was for him, it was not to be his destiny, at least for this lifetime, that is. And as it happens for all of us, there comes a time into our lives where a totally unexpected event unfolds, an event that changes everything for the good. One day, Jim... I say accidentally, in quotes, or so I thought, picked up a small book at a friend's house, a book that was to launch him into all that he's doing today. That little book, which looked a bit strange to him, was a book about the Aramaic language of Jesus, or Yeshua, as he was called. It was about the famous Lord's Prayer that is repeated so unconsciously in so many churches every Sunday. Yet in that moment, as he read the Aramaic translation, Jim's life was beginning to change. And his healing from the earlier years, the pain, the anguish, and all that he had been through was beginning to heal. He was at the verge of the healing that he never thought he would ever find. A hunger to know more became his passion. He discovered some Aramaic weekends that were happening about three hours from his home. And for the next several years, he attended, hoping to learn all that he could. He began his own doctoral studies with an intensive in the Aramaic language and has studied it now for the last 15 years, not to know it in his head, but to practice it daily. Without that practice, the Aramaic cannot be fully understood. And to this day, some 15 years later, after the discovery of the Aramaic truths, and a serious desire to apply those truths to his own life and actually live them instead of believing them. My healing has happened. Oh yes, I have much to learn yet, and I'm learning more each day. And what I'm so delighted in today is that the learning never ceases. I want to learn so much more. The beauty of it all for me is that now I can share all those adventures in healing with you, my radio audience. Being on radio and sharing the message of overcoming and celebrating all of life, even the pain and its gifts, is why I'm here on the planet. And today, as we hear constantly, the church is dying. It's being vacated by tens of thousands in this last year. And it's proven that all of its extremism, that it does not know Jesus or Yeshua the truth, for the most part, has not been. Uh, it has not been practicing what Jesus really taught. Even those who claim they are, are not speaking out against the hypocrisy of extremism. Yeshua said, do not call me Lord unless you are practicing what I've taught you. And yet most church people, as I experienced as a kid, and even today, they call him Lord, but they are not anything remotely close to practicing love for neighbors and love for their enemies. I'll be dealing with that and a lot more in my shows coming up. And I promise you there is hope in living beyond religion. And while I'll definitely be speaking out about the failures of religion, I will speak about the failures of Christianity because that was the one I know the most. The dogma was very wounding for me and it's wounding for many other people. And I'll be speaking the truth that I have learned because Yeshua, or Jesus, really taught a truth that is so much deeper, so much richer, so much more beautiful than any part of the, re- <clears throat> the religion of Christianity has known. I know that each of you have had times of difficulty, of pain, of struggling with what it all means, wondering if it will ever go away, and trying to find purpose in all the issues of life My message to you in the many weeks ahead of sharing with you right here on Voice America Talk Radio will be a healing adventure for you who have struggled with religion and shame as we humans all have have experienced. We can learn about our power to choose for ourselves and say goodbye to the old victim energies, awaken to our destiny, love our shadow self, and say goodbye to guilt and shame, celebrate all of our mistakes, and claim our deeper purpose and the most beautiful self we've ever known. We can discover how to live in gratitude, claim the gifts in pain and suffering, and believe me, there are gifts there, and we can discover <clears throat> that we are all part of the divine and <clears throat> that we are, we are one. We see I had to learn to practice the principles myself. It is beyond belief, far beyond belief and I've had to learn how to love my neighbors, how to love my enemies, and how to return different energies to those that when the difficult things come at me. It's time for another break right now, so I'll catch up with you on the other side.
0: The Voice America 7th Wave
1: Channel. Jim Stacy's first book, Jesus Was Not a Christian, is available on Amazon.com. Discover what the Church has been hiding for over 1,700 years. Find out why people carry the wounds of guilt and shame instead of the power of loving and being loved. Discover that you are part of the divine. Learn about the kingdom of heaven within you and find out why history has been twisted by those who slaughtered tens of thousands of innocent people. See why the real Jesus never said the words hell or sin. Jesus Was Not a Christian, available right now on Amazon.com. Jim Stacy is the author of 11 books, including his first title, Jesus Was Not a Christian, Healing the Shame and Fear from Man-Made Theology. That book is available on Amazon. The other 10 books, which are titled A Healing Spiritual Journey, are available as downloads on us.com. When you visit that site, you may also download his CDs and articles. And you can also find out more about where Jim will be speaking, spiritual retreats, and vision quests. Visit www.thedivineiswithinus.com today.
0: Be Visionary This is the Voice America Seventh Wave Channel.
1: You are listening to Beyond Religion Your Life is Waiting. If you have a question or comment about our program, please send an email to The Divine is Within Us at Gmail.com. Again, that's The Divine is Within Us at Gmail.com.
2: Now, back to the program. Here again is Jim Stacy. Yes, let me backtrack just a second and then catch up with the, the last part of this, first part of my sharing, and then I'm going to answer some questions that people have asked me that they would like to have me answer right here on the show. So when it came to learning about the Aramaic and practicing it, I had to learn to live the principles myself. I had to learn what it was like to love others, to really love neighbors, and sometimes they're not very easy to love, to love enemies. I had to learn all of those things, and I'm still learning. I'm not a, you know, the world-class example of, of anything but trying to do what's right. And okay. I have experienced that, and I really appreciate the the beauty of the what comes to us as individuals in practicing those truths. And It was in the midst of all that that I could feel my healing happening over and over and over. I had to learn to practice what I spoke. I had to learn to walk my talk and actually become a new person rather than just believe something different. That changed everything, and healing was afoot. What the Aramaic language of Yeshua or Jesus is all about is not religion in any sense of the word. None. None whatsoever. The Aramaic is about loving, celebrating, growing, becoming, healing, showing compassion, including all others, nurturing others in the wounds that they've experienced, and together becoming more than we've ever dreamed before. And today in my life, after two divorces, yes, I failed twice, and being a single parent, and spending the last 18 years living by myself, I have never been so delighted with life. I have two very successful children that I'm very proud of for many reasons, and I have five grandkids, and you know, the most wonderful ones in the whole world, as most grandparents say, and very, very important to me, I met Marie, my soulmate, last year. And we are in the process right now of buying property in Arizona. For one day I'll be leading Aramaic Adventure Weekends, Vision Quest, and much more in the near future. Marie and I are finalizing our plans to build a new home there, too. And today, here I am on Voice of America Talk Radio. I'm still learning, and I'm still growing, and I want to share as much as I can with you and encourage you and cheer you on in your growth and overcoming guilt and shame, overcoming all the mistakes that we've made You'll see, I promise you. So a little bit more about my background for those who might want to know. Uh, As you heard in one of the promos, I'm the author of 11 books. Uh, Ten of those are on my website and the other one's on Amazon. And you'll be hearing more about that later. I've been an award-winning speaker. I've been invited to speak in many locations. I have led vision quests in the uh, Arizona desert rather at Aramaic Adventure Weekends. I've been a columnist for a national faith and values journal and with my years on PBS, and I've been a guest on many national radio shows. I've received the Golden Quill Award from the National Academy of Best-Selling Authors. But beyond all that, it's my desire to gift people with the courage and the power to think for themselves, to choose their own spiritual path, to celebrate who they are as unique human beings and find more of the beauty of their own self, and then join others in a community of open hearts and lives. I want to answer some questions now that I ask people, uh, what would you ask me if you wanted to know more about me? So I'm going to answer some of those questions for as much as uh, the time that we have left. Number one, what made you want to have your own radio show? Well, after listening to what I've shared about my past, you know what I, the things that I've learned about the inner work to overcome the shame, the guilt, the wounds, the smallness, and the bondage of religious control. I can't help but want to share those insights with everyone I can. People tell me that my message has changed their lives, and I couldn't be happier about that. That is what I really cherish and would love to do. Number two, are you angry at religion? Oh, well, no, there's a very good question. It is true that I indeed was angry for a long time, but then I learned that I had to change myself. I had to heal my past instead of being just angry. And I've done that, and I continue to do it. I'm learning more every day, and I'm not angry any longer. I'm more sad. For all those who still carry the wounds of guilt and shame and fear and victim energy and being controlled by religious men. Religion is man made, and I will speak out very strongly against those control issues, those organizations that are more interested in their own (laughs) flow of money, their own success, than they are people and their needs. I honor every person who is doing the best to live their highest principles. I honor every Christian that's doing the best to to follow what Yeshua taught. And I appreciate people who are doing their best to love others. But the lies of religion and the structures of religion need to be exposed. And I will do that. And I, I will share what's been happening for the last 1,700 years and the problems that are out there because the church structures have refused to follow what Jesus really taught. Question number three. Why are you particularly suited to speak about church history and the healing beyond the shame of dogma and theology? It's true that all dogma and theology are fabricated, made up by religious men. All of it. I've studied the history of the church. I have a master's degree in the theology. I've read hundreds and hundreds of books. I've done the research. I speak from what I know as facts from many years in the ministry and many years of experiencing all the things that I've already shared with you today. Jesus, Yeshua, was pushed aside by the structures of religion and left by the wayside on the dusty roads of Judea and replaced by theology and beliefs. The spiritual practices that he taught and lived were lost. They were lost on purpose, and I can prove that. The church today is not known as a world-class example of loving others, especially their neighbors and their enemies. And it's surprising, yes, to see someone with my background publish a book that calls Christianity into question about not teaching what Jesus taught. Yet, who else would be better qualified to write about the distortions of patriarchal Christianity than the one who spent his first 50 years of his life in the midst of it? I bought into that system in my early years, mostly because I didn't know enough to ask the questions that I ask now. I believe that all Christian theology, as it were, God's truth, and I was told thousands of times as I grew up and served in the church, but I was deceived into thinking that Jesus came to die, for for bad bad people and i was one of them but you know he never said that and i'll show you that in the weeks to come i grew up ashamed and had no self-worth because of the theology i believed that i had all the truth i needed because i was told that but it's not true there's no truth in man's writings even though they blame their writings on some deity up in the sky I had to overcome my own mistakes. I had to learn that my self-righteousness was just as bad as, as anything I would might condemn in somebody else. I was a self-righteous preacher. I knew that I had correct theology, I, but I was dead wrong. I always knew that there was more to the whole picture. I always knew that there was more to the divine than I was taught, but it took me many years to find it. I always thought it was more important to believe something than to actually practice until I read the part where Yeshua said, don't call me Lord unless you're practicing the things that I've taught you. But then years ago, I just went on believing and falsely calling him that. I was a hypocrite. I didn't know it. Theology can never heal my pain. It can never bring us to the place of loving others as a priority in our lives. So I had to wake up. I had to do what he said. I had to learn to save myself from the unconsciousness that was all around me. I was bad, but not bad in a wicked way. I was deceived, and I overcame the feeling of all that badness. I overcame the shame. I overcame all of it. And once in a while, it still sneaks in, and I will overcome it again when that happens. Number four, question is what do you want to accomplish as a radio host i want to help people not just see the errors of religion but to go beyond religion to living the life that they choose not living the life that others choose for them to be able to say goodbye to the old victim energies to awaken to their hidden destiny to learn to love their shadow self yes we have a shadow self and I'll have some very interesting and, and supportive things to say about that. It is a beautiful part of us. We can love our shadow self instead of running from our mistakes. We can learn to claim a deeper life purpose. We can learn to give birth to a new and a, our most beautiful self that we've ever known. We can come to the place where we do not have to be afraid of claiming our beautiful self, to own it, to be it. And to share it, we can learn to claim the gifts that are to be found in pain and suffering, to discover our own divinity. For this is the heart of all that I will be saying to you. As Yeshua said, the divine is within you. The kingdom of heaven is within you, he taught. And we can learn to walk in gratitude I'll be sharing some stories with you about the most beautiful things that ever happened to me. Happened as I was learning to walk in gratitude. Not in judgment, not in criticism, not in worrying, not in in all the stuff. But I was learning, as I learned to walk rather, in gratitude, doors opened for me. And I'm learning to walk in unconditional love. That is a very big challenge. So I still have a lot to learn as I was sharing with you. But just to go back for a second, the church invented this idea of original sin. There is no such thing. We were not born wicked. We were not born deserving punishment before we took our first breath. That is not the truth. And I'll share with you how that happened, where it happened, who did it, and when the church started teaching it and the results of all of that. There is so much that I would like to accomplish as a radio host, and I want your help. I ask you to give me feedback, to write in, to call in, to uh, go to email, for example, and or the Facebook or wherever, and, and ask me questions, make comments, and I will do my best to answer all those questions, either here on the radio show or in emails back to you. I want to be as transparent as I can possibly be. I want you to know that I walk my talk. I will admit my mistakes. I will walk with you and as we learn together and share together and grow together. This is the beauty of life. We're coming up now again on a time for another break. So I'll catch up with you again on the other side of 3 minutes.
0: The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network.
1: Jim Stacy is the author of 11 books, including his first title, Jesus Was Not a Christian, Healing the Shame and Fear from Man-Made Theology. That book is available on Amazon. The other 10 books, which are titled A Healing Spiritual Journey, are available as downloads on thedivineiswithinus.com. When you visit that site, you may also download his CDs and articles. And you can also find out more about where Jim will be speaking, spiritual retreats, and vision quests. Visit www.thedivineiswithinus.com today. Jim Stacy's first book, Jesus Was Not a Christian, is available on Amazon.com. Discover what the Church has been hiding for over 1,700 years. Find out why people carry the wounds of guilt and shame instead of the power of loving and being loved. Discover that you are part of the divine. Learn about the kingdom of heaven within you and find out why history has been twisted by those who slaughtered tens of thousands of innocent people. See why the real Jesus never said the words hell or sin jesus was not a christian available right now on amazon.com
0: the voice america seventh wave channel seek greater awareness
1: you are listening to beyond religion your life is waiting if you have a question or comment about our program please send an email to the divine is within us at gmail.com. Again, that's the divine is within us at gmail.com.
2: Now back to the program. Here again is Jim Stacy. Thank you again. I have a couple more questions to answer, and I don't want to share with you something I've written, depending on the time we have left. So question number five, and I think again, it's a good one. The question is looking at all you want to accomplish Are you a therapist? (laughs) No, I am not. I will say that very clearly, and I don't pretend to be. I'm just experienced at living life. (laughs) I'm experienced at feeling the pain, living in the pain, not knowing what to do. And when I began my doctoral studies, as I mentioned earlier, that's when I began with an in-depth study of the Aramaic language, which is Jesus' native tongue. And it was that the power and the healing in Yeshua's r- words. His words were far more helpful in the healing process than any human being can begin, begin to say. Yes, therapists can be helpful. And I encourage people to, to use that avenue if necessary. But they're not always essential to all of our healing process. And I'll prove that to you in the weeks to come. The transpersonal psychology of the Aramaic is quite unique. Because the Aramaic applies to all of us. Every part of the nafsha, as the Aramaic says. The word nafsha is sometimes translated as self, but it's much deeper than that. The word nafsha means every part of the human being. Body, soul, uh, mind, spirit, emotions, thoughts, feelings, energies, everything that the human being is. So studying the Aramaic, was indeed the turning point for me. When I picked up that book at the home with a friend that day, and I began to read that famous Lord's Prayer, as I mentioned before, what I heard was this. He said Avun Devashmaya, Nathish Shuma, Te Malkuta. The translation of that was this, O birthing one, mother and father of all life everywhere focus the light of your divinity within us and make a, help us make use of it as i read those words i knew in my heart that i was hearing what jesus said for the very first time i went home and i checked out the website of the author and i found much much more about the aramaic jesus and the language that he personally spoke in a few days i received an email announcing that that author was to be in central ohio within an hour i was registered and i went and i began my journey in studying the aramaic eight years in a row i attended his conferences read all six of his books and most important of all i began to understand what yeshua really required of those who claimed to be following him beyond the great commandment, or the greatest commandment which is what he called it was the absolute requirement to find a love for the divine not some angry God up in the sky, but for the real divine, to love ourselves. Yes, you heard that right. And I'll have a couple of shows coming up soon on learning how to love ourselves. It's a beautiful gift. It's not ego, it's not selfishness, but we can learn to love ourselves, to love our neighbors, and to love our enemies. And one of the things I learned most beautifully about that is if I refuse to label someone as an enemy, I will never have any enemies. And the most important personal instruction that Yeshua ever taught was that we can give birth to a new self continuously. The church put a theological interpretation on that and they began to tell everybody that you must be born again uh, with theology. Sorry, but there is no way to to birth a new self with theology. That's only beliefs, I've learned that. And I'll tell you that full story in many, many ways in the weeks to come and how you too can overcome just believing something and learning to practice it. That makes all the difference. The spiritual practices that he taught affect our body, soul, heart, mind, spirit, and every single part of us. It's a beautiful, beautiful journey. And I can say with all of my heart, this made the difference for me. This is what I want to share with you. My life today is so beautiful. I just cannot hardly believe it some days. But with Marie in my life, my kids and my grandkids, this chance to be here on Voice America Talk Radio is an adventure for me to share the beauty of living in the highest integrity that we can. Living for not just ourselves but for others as well finding our purpose discovering why we're here what this lifetime is all about and there is not anything that has happened to you that you but what you can't heal it and overcome it one more question is how can you as an individual know more than the Christian Church has been teaching for 1700 years well I've answered some of that already But i know the details of the record of the church's errors both purposely and deceptively i know by experience what i talk about and i can back it up with historical facts and i'll be doing that i'm open to any challenge and i'm open to learning more but the history of the church as most people know some don't is a history of bloodshed and torture and slaughter and a heinous disregard for yeshua's teachings For he said to remove the log from your own eye before criticizing others for having a splinter in their eye. I'll be quoting him many times in the weeks ahead, and you'll see what I mean. What he said in the Aramaic language is vastly different than the Greek, the Latin, or the English distortions. I've studied it now, as I said, for over 15 years, and I will continue to do so for the rest of my life. There's so much more that I could share with you today, but I want to uh, conclude by sharing just one thing that I have written a whole couple years ago, and it's called Into Dreams Fulfilled. What is required of you, my soul, my deepest self? What longings deep within are yet as still unfulfilled? Fears yet to be released, dreams not yet formulated on your parched landscape of separateness The unnecessary weights that pull you down await your letting go, vibrating with the beauty of expectation. The mirrors into which you've refused to look, why do they frighten you so? What excuses would you use today to avoid seeing what you know imprisons your own magnificence? The dreams you've traded for smallness are yet stirring, urging, pregnant with an unshapen reality, awaiting your courage to claim why O my soul do you hold so tightly to the lies you believed and have made you ill lies that have robbed you of sacred boundaries lies that have given you the gift of owning your anger the excuse to blame others instead pursuits of pleasure need not rule your desires to help you forget what was incomprehensible all substitutes for remembering can now be forgotten as you claim your destiny. It is time to embrace the love that heals, so strong it is, unfurling, beckoning, inviting. Choose the light, my soul, the light of your divinity. Remembrance is here. Forgetfulness is forgotten. Flowing, connecting, healing, fulfilling forgotten dreams. I wrote that out of my own experience. And I can say today, I celebrate that reality every single day. It's almost time to end this show. I hope that I have spoken something to your own heart. I hope that I have encouraged you. But let me share just one other quick thing before I go. Something else that I wrote called the senses. I see... I think, I perceive, then interpret, all I behold in a way that imprisons my spirit. I listen to others who are just as blind, then wonder why I am not free, enslaved to a material world. I touch all that I can, feeling its deceptions in the midst of illusion. I taste and enjoy what brings to me sensations of belonging. I hear all that would call to me a more enslaving relationship to the transitory. And then, in one instant of connection to you, the divine, all that is not real fades away as I long for what is beyond this visible world. So that's about all the time we have for today. Thank you for listening to this show. I'll be back with you next week. And just to remind you where to reach me, the website is thedivineiswithinus.com. And I'll uh, be talking with you next week about overcoming guilt and shame. There is nothing more wounding to the human race than guilt and shame. And remember this, life has two rules, never quit, and always remember rule number one. I'll see you next time. (laughs)
1: Thank you for tuning into the program today. Please join Jim Stacy for another edition of Beyond Religion, Your Life is Waiting, next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. This week, let the Divine work for you and with you. You're bound to experience a new life.